morning. Good morning, everyone. Oh, it's so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Just look at somebody next to you and say, I'm so glad you made it today. Hallelujah. How many were here last Sunday, Easter Sunday morning? Wasn't that awesome? We had eight people give their life to Jesus Christ. Oh, now that's really weak right there. I said eight people. Eight people. Thank God for that. Amen. And, uh, of course, we, we had to set up chairs in here. Uh, I think they're still set up. You know, we just had such an overflow. We had a packed house. And we just thank God. Thank God for what he's doing at New Harvest Church. Amen. I mean, it's, this place was, we, we had probably the most people we've had all year, this year and last year. And so we just thank God for that. And uh, also, uh, on our resurrection seed offering, at this point, we're right at about $90,000 that have come in. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Amen. Amen. I just leaned over to Miss Nancy while I go. I said, is that, are we still about holding those numbers right there? And she said, yeah, as of Thursday or whatever it was. We haven't checked since then. But we know some people are still working on your seed. We know that. And we just want to encourage you to stay in faith and just keep doing what God asked you to do, stay in obedience to that, amen, because it's not, it's not about the amount, it's about your obedience, and so out of that, God's going to continue to do something, and then, I'll, now this, this kind of hit me in worship a while ago, and uh, I mean, you're talking about something like God was like downloading inside of me, and uh, I really got nervous because I've never done this before, I've never, I've never said anything about like what I'm about to say to you right now, and I was sitting there in worship, really just kind of minding my own business, and, and, and the Lord just began to talk to me, and, you know, we, we're right at $90,000 or whatever that is. It could be a little more in the next few weeks or whatever. You know, if we did like seven more of those between now and 20, December of 2022, which is about 20 months away, Everything on this property would be debt-free. I mean, everything. Not that the church does anything as far as paying on the school, but our school building will be debt-free by 2022. Yeah. The school will be totally debt-free. I mean, all those portals, we're getting another portal portable. I know Jesse's already working on that. We're getting our fourth portable in because our school has grown so much. We have over 140 kids in our school right now. But by 2022, that whole school building, everything on our school campus will be paid for. I don't know. I don't know how that makes you feel. But And, and, and then if we did, now, I, and I just said, Lord, I said, well, you really want me to say that? He said, I just want to stir their faith up. Because I just want people to believe that God can do anything in the midst of a pandemic. I'm telling you, th th this ministry has not slowed down. This ministry has not stopped. And, and your faithfulness over, over this last few months in working on your seed for Resurrection Seed Offering, you proved that last Sunday morning when you gave out of obedience. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but how many think we can just believe God? How many think we can just stretch our faith a little bit? I mean, uh, Pastor Corey just read it. He supplies seed to the sower. 
So the only way to get more seed is you got to be a giver. And so I think if we just, I, th- I don't know, I'm not saying this is what we're going to do. i got to pray it through, obviously. But God put this in my heart. And, and <laughs> Sandra said, throw it out there. I'm throwing it, Sandra. <laughs> I hope they're catching it. But I, I just believe. Because you know what that means? If we could pay this property off by 2022, 20 months from now, we'll build that new building. We'll build it. Because what I'll do in the next 20 months, I'll get the plans developed. So by, 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 by January of 2023, we'll put some bulldozers out here. We'll put some surveyors out here. Come on, talk to me up in here. I just believe we can do that. And you know why I believe that? This is why the Lord said, the reason why you need to move on that, the reason why you need to strike while the iron's hot, the reason why you need to take action now is because the harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. The harvest is coming. Because I, I got into this little dialogue with the Lord. This was, this was months ago. And I said, Lord, I look around me and I see construction going on everywhere but in the church. I mean, the world is still building. I just saw where, uh, what is it, A-Rod, A-Rod, uh, the former baseball player. He and another guy, A-Rod's a billionaire. He and another guy are about to buy the the Timberlake, is it Timberlake Wolves basketball team? Timberwolves, Timberwolves, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Timberwolves. And, and by, by 2022 or 2023, they'll, they'll own that. I thought, you know what, the world ain't slowing down. I don't believe the church ought to slow down. I believe the church is the teacher and the student is the world. We ought to be leading in everything. Amen. So I just feel like I'm just going. I'm just going to work on that. How many believe that we can just get in faith with that? I believe that. I believe that. I, I mean, I heard Pastor Corey say it something a while ago. But but I mean, have you ever like like even when I put in my resurrection seat offering on Sunday, I'm like, oh Lord. I mean, you feel that. If you ain't never gave something until you feel it, then you ain't gave a lot. <laughs> but when you give something until you feel it, then you know you're going beyond your boundaries. And, man, when I, man, I, I just like, oh, I said, Lord, I'm going to believe your promise. It, it, it may leave my hand, but it's not going to leave my future. Because he's going to make it up with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He's going to cause men to pour back into our bosom. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to build a new facility. I want the Glades region to say, look what the Lord has done. I believe we can do that. So, so that's, that's not in concrete, but that's, I just, I'm just giving you a highlight of where the Lord is leaning me right now, okay? So, uh, so that way if you hear me say something next week, you're like, oh, we already talked about that. I know where we're going now. Amen. Hallelujah. Also, don't forget uh, uh, Monday morning. Uh, Karen, I actually leave Monday morning, and then there's a whole slew of people that are going to be leaving on Tuesday morning, another 10 or 12 people maybe. We're going to Affecting Destiny out there. We go out there every year. It's, the, it's, the, it's our national conference that we have uh, that Bishop started nearly 23 years ago, and uh, this will be our first year, obviously, without him there, and, uh, and this, it's, it's going to be different, but it's going to be powerful, and so we, we leave early tomorrow morning. We come back Friday. We'll be here for Sunday. But just pray for us while we're out there. We just believe that God's going to do some amazing things while we're out there. Amen. Pray for me. They've asked me to be one of the speakers out there. 
So I'm just believing God that he'll use me to say something to all those pastors and leaders. Not only those that will be gathered, but those that will be watching online from all over the world. And so God will just give us the right voice to say at the right time. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you ready for the word this morning? did, Did I mess your anointing up when I started talking about money? Did I mess that up a little bit? Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet and grab your Bibles this morning. And uh, I want to work on a little bit of this today. we got a little bit of time. I'm going to try to get you out before it starts raining. It starts raining around 2 o'clock today. We should be good. So, <laughs> no, we're going to get you out. Maybe you can get to the restaurant before the Baptists get there. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know them Pentecostal folks, y'all work up a good sweat. Y'all ready to eat by the time we leave up in here. Hallelujah. I want to go go with me, if you would, please, to Leviticus. Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 6. And, uh, boy, this this word here was, I was just telling Pastor Porter, this word here just kind of, I've been in travail all week because I've been divided on where I need to go and what God's saying to me and just working, you know, if you ever, if you ever, I mean, when you get into a zone with the Lord. It's like you got your spiritual radar and antennas up, and you, and you hear all things. You hear all kinds of things that God is saying and speaking, and, and you know, it's just things are moving in the realm of the Spirit, and, and I was just trying to catch what God wanted to say. We've, we've been in this series called A New Outpouring, and, and uh, I thought maybe we would finish it a couple weeks ago before Easter got here, but that never happened, and so today we're going to go into it, but I want to take it from a fresh angle today and just kind of release something over this house because I believe that our greatest days are in front of us. I believe the enemy should have, he should have kept us down when he had us down. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the devil giving church folks a headache. I believe we ought to give him a headache. I believe he ought to be taking Xanax. I believe, I, believe, I believe we ought to wake up and he ought to say, uh, I need to hit my medicine cabinet this morning because they are moving. They are alive and well. Amen. So Leviticus chapter 6, just going to draw a few thoughts out of this maybe this morning. Leviticus chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 8. And then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command Aaron and his sons saying, this is the law for the burnt offering. The burnt offering itself shall remain on the hearth, on the altar, all night until the morning. And the fire on the altar is to be kept burning on it. Somebody shout the fire. The fire on the altar should be kept burning. Verse number 10. And the priest is to put on his linen robe, and he shall put on his undergarments next to his flesh, and he shall take up the ashes to which the fire reduces the burnt offerings on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he shall take off the garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it, and it shall not go out. But the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and they shall lay out the burnt offerings on it and offer up in smoke the fat portions of the peace offering on it. And verse number 13, and the fire shall be kept burning continuously on the altar and it shall not go out. 
fire. It should always be burning. And it should never go out. Now, just real quick, go with me to Matthew. I want to pull a New Testament scripture in the midst of all this. And then we'll get started just for a few moments this morning. I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so glad you're making the journey and development of your spiritual walk with the Lord. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, verse number 11. This is speaking about John the Baptist. And he's, he's about to release a new order in the earth. John the Baptist is about to fade out of the scene, but a new order is about to come to the earth. And we just kind of pick up verse number 11. And this is John as if he were talking. He said, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he, meaning Jesus, who is coming after me is mightier than I. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Somebody just shout fire. Verse number 12, and his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear out the threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The message of John is that he's presenting to us a whole new order of things. John's baptism was a baptism unto repentance. Jesus is coming on the scene. And he's, not, he's going to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with some fire. Leviticus said you got to keep the fire burning on the altar at all times. So we've been talking about new outpourings, and we'll get to there. But I, would, I subtitled this this morning, Let's Keep the Fire Burning. Come on, high five about three people and tell them, just keep the fire burning. Come on, just tell them you got to stay lit. Come on, tell them you got to stay on fire. You got to keep the fire burning. I need a Holy Ghost church just for a moment. Just got to keep it moving. Got to keep it fired up. Got to keep the fire burning in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, Father, this morning we thank you. We give you praise and glory and honor. Lord, there's no one like you in all the earth. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in this place over the next few moments. Thank you for those that have gathered physically, those that are gathering online and those that are listening by the way of radio, Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in the hearts of men and women. Holy Spirit, I thank you today, as always, you're the preacher, you're the teacher, you're the revelator, and ultimately you are the communicator of every truth. Lord, we thank you today for what you're going to do in the hearts of men and women, and we honor you today. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody together said amen, amen, and amen. You may be seated this morning. In our passage of scripture this morning that we read in Leviticus, we find where God comes on the scene now and he's speaking to Moses about keeping the fire burning on the altar. And during this particular time, this is very important, this is a little bit of history here, but during this particular time when God begins to speak with Moses about keeping the fire burning on the altar, in this particular time the children of Israel were in the wilderness. Uh, they were in a desert. 
And what was meant to be only an 11-day journey from Egypt to the promised land turned out to be a 40-year wandering, turned out to be a cycle of devastation. But what captured my attention is the fact that even in the journey, even while they were in the wilderness, while they were in a dry place, while they were in a desert, God was still speaking to them. It really didn't ever matter to God how bad things got or how difficult things became. God always has a voice in the middle of the bad. God was speaking even in their tough place. Aren't you glad this morning that God still talks to us in our tough places? And in the desert, they were, they were just dwelling in tents and not houses because it was only meant to be temporary. The desert was only meant to be a temporary place. It was not the place of permanency. It was not the place that needed to be permanent because they were just supposed to be moving through it on their way to their promised land. But in the midst of all that, sometimes if we're not careful, we will try and build a house, something that's permanent, in a temporary season. You have to know this morning that, that God doesn't want you to build something permanent in something that's temperate. God's just moving you through a tough place. He's just moving you through a dry place. He's not, he's not trying to keep you there, so don't start trying to build something that's permanent through something that's temporary. Amen. Don't get stuck in what is temporary. I thought about this, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm, still, I, I'm, I'm still baffled by it in a sense, especially in America, that, you know, we're just kind of like a little over a year in this pandemic that has broken out with the coronavirus. And, and, and obviously, when it all broke out in the first three months, we didn't know anything about it. Uh, science was still trying to read it and understand it. But the further we got into it, the more we began to understand it. And, and what, what, what most churches have done, and they are still doing today, they have locked people out on something that I believe is temporary. And what they are doing is they are building a place of permanence in people's hearts. Because once you stay away from church long enough, it gets harder and harder to come back to it. And so, so I was just thinking about how these things would apply to us. And we have to understand that even though... Our nation today is going through a tough season. We have to realize that God is still working. Yes, he is. God is still working in the middle of everything that is going on. While, while, while they were in that place, while they were in that wilderness experience, while they were in that desert, God had not abandoned them. And I don't know who this was for. I just I specifically put this together for you today. I just want you to know that in the middle of your dry place, in the middle of your hard place right now, God has not abandoned you no more than he's abandoned them. And in the midst of the hard times, in the midst of the difficult times, God is still speaking a word of deliverance. God is still speaking a word of breakthrough. We have now come, what I'm believing prophetically in the realm of the Spirit, we have come to a moment in time, and if the church will recognize the time, if the church can begin to understand the time, the moment that we've been called to, I believe that we can step into that moment.
and we can begin to leverage our faith with a boldness of our speech and we can begin to reframe our world and not let it look like the world that the enemy wants it to let it to look like but we can begin to reframe the world and begin to manifest a kingdom on this earth like it is in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I'm stirred in my heart today because I believe that what God has started, he's faithful to complete it. And I believe there are some people under the sound of my voice today, you've got some dreams. You've got some promises. You've got some things that are locked, wedged down on the inside of you. And it's going to take more than a storm to blow it out of you. It's going to take more than a rocky situation to move you away from it. And I just came today to encourage somebody. The fire of God is still burning in your heart. And the enemy cannot put it out. I have always believed this about the role of the church. And we're going to get into it just for a moment. But I've always believed this about the role of the church, and that is the church should be, a bit, should be able to identify its day and then step into that day and leverage our faith to something greater. I think maybe that's the reason why God started speaking to me about buildings in the midst of a pandemic. Why would the church want to build something in the Because God's leverage, God wants me to leverage my faith. Don't restrict my faith on circumstances. Circumstances have never dictated the will of God. Circumstances have never moved the will of God off its course. Circumstances are temporary. The will of God is forever. So, so, so I, I know this, and we all know this because we, we, we've watched it, we've listened to it, we've heard it, we've heard the song and the dance, but everybody has had their stats about our nation and our culture. But I'm not responding to the stats. I believe I'm just going to start prophesy according to the word of the Lord. I feel like some days we ought to just be like Ezekiel. We ought to just walk out into the middle of a graveyard, walk into a middle of death and destruction and just be like Ezekiel. The Bible says that Ezekiel had been carried and he'd been dropped down in the middle of a graveyard and the word of the Lord came to him. He said, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And he said, Lord, only you know if they can live again. He says, well, I just want you to open up your mouth. I want you to begin to reframe their world. I want you to begin to reframe this death situation. And the Bible says that Ezekiel began to prophesy as he was commanded. And when he began to prophesy, all of a sudden there was a noise in the graveyard. I don't know who I came to help today, but I believe that when you begin to open up your mouth and reframe your word with the boldness of speech, you can reframe the dictations of the enemy. And I believe just like in Ezekiel's day, bones begin to come together. There was a rattling. There was a shaking. There was a noise in the middle of that graveyard. I heard in my spirit, there's a noise in the middle of the chaos. There's a noise in the middle of division. There's a noise in the middle of everything that is going on. Hallelujah. When the, when you, you know the story. I don't have to keep trying to re-preach it, but you know the story. When Ezekiel looked out over that graveyard, he saw nothing but a bunch of bleached out bones. They had been divided. But when he began to prophesy what had begun, that what was bleached out began to get connected together. The Bible says that bone began to get connected to bone. And when he was prophesying that word, all of a sudden the skin began to grow. The tendons began to grow. The muscle began to grow. Everything began to get formed over that skeleton. And then he says, son of man, you're not through prophesying yet. I want you to prophesy to the four winds. And I want you to begin to call. I want you to call for the 
the Ruach, the breath of God, that he may blow on these that have been slain. I just came to say today, I believe there's a church alive in the Glades region that's got the Ruach of God. And we're about to open up our mouth and we're about to see the power of God bring things back together again. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Everything that had been distorted and disconnected began to get lined up. I believe America is waiting on a church. I believe the Glades region is waiting on a church that will begin to open up their mouth and take what is out of alignment and put it back in alignment. Take what is out of order and begin to put it back in order. In the middle of all the negativity. Whew, how many had your share of negativity over the last year and a half? In the middle of all the negativity, the chaos, the division, all the disorder, I believe that God is looking for a voice in the land that can walk through the land and sound like God. Ah, I believe God is looking for a church. He's looking for a people. He's looking for a remnant that can walk through the midst. I believe God's looking for people that can walk on your jobs, walk in your schools. Walk into places of your employment and say, I know there's a lot of chaos and disorder and confusion, but I've got the Ruach of God on the inside of me. And when I open up my mouth, I speak peace in the midst of the storm. I speak order in the midst of the disorder. I speak, I, I speak a coming together in the midst of all the disconnection. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe God's waiting on the church to rise up and understand that the fire of God is still burning fire of God is still hot. <laughs> the fire of God is still alive. Not too long ago, this, this came out, maybe, maybe a year ago, maybe, maybe, maybe just a little bit longer than that. A global research company came out with these stats, and they came up with these crazy, I believe they were crazy conclusions. I don't believe they're accurate. I just believe that's their, that's their predictions based on the stats that they have about the upcoming generation, which is between the ages of 15 to 30 years old. So it gets a little bit of the millennial generation. Um, what's the one after that? Gen generation Z. Those are the ones that are asleep. <laughs> Just, it's, they came out with these stats, and um, this is what they said. This will be on the screen. They said that this generation would be the last viable generation to advance the cause of Christianity. Said after this century, Christianity will not be able to survive in a viable, sustainable manner. It said that this particular research group declared that this is the last chapter of Christendom. Hmm. I read that about a year ago, and it's just like it like set off inside of me. Of course, I saved it, but it went off inside of me when I read it. And I said, they don't know about the remnant. <laughs> they don't know about the remnant that's still got a fire burning. They, they're taking their stats from everything around them that don't look right. They're taking their stats from all these churches that are still shut down. They're taking their stats from all these things that nobody wants to rise up and take on the, the armies of hell. But I, can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, there's a remnant that's still alive. There's a remnant that has some fire in their belly. There's a remnant that's like it was in the Jeremiah days when he said, I tried to quit, I tried to leave it, but it was like fire shut up in my bones. There's something about the remnant of God that cannot be silent, that cannot be quenched. 
the, let me tell you, let me give you a few reasons why they gave their stats. This, here, here's a few things. He said, he, he said that they, they gave these stats, and this is what we're seeing now. This is the reason why they gave it. We're now seeing a generation where the first fruits of those seeds that have been sown by a previous generation are beginning to mature. They're coming to a harvest. We're seeing now seeds of dishonor. Seeds that have been sown and the, and the exaltation of bad behavior has been glorified. This is why they got their stats like they got them. Because this is the first generation where seeds have been sown to dishonor. Not that it's just been sown, it was sown some generations ago. Now they're coming into harvest. We're living in a day. Now, come on, just track with me for a moment. We're living in a day where reality stars, movie stars, entertainers, Hollywood can promote bad behavior, and we have called it normal. I'm talking about in America. I'm not talking about in an anti-God country. I'm talking about in America that says they love God. We're talking about in a nation. I'm not... This didn't happen today. These seeds were sown a generation ago. They're just now coming into fruition. Now we got all these actors and entertainers and all these, all these people in Hollywood that are just beginning to glorify bad behavior. Now we're trying to normalize everything. That's why pedophilia is being trying to be normalized. And that's why incest is trying to be normalized. And all of these things, that's why, that's why we're going through all this turmoil and this spiritual darkness that has taken place because the first time in our day, the first time in our generation, everything that has been promoted as bad is now, be called, is now being called good. And we are seeing a generation deteriorate right before our eyes. It's a generation that has lost its place. Seeds of dishonor. We now have people in positions of, of authority who should be leading our nation. But they're like children, acting like children at a cafeteria food fight. Talk to me up in here. Because all we can do is point our finger and blame somebody else. And I want to say, you're the leader. Take charge. <laughs> we have lost it in our culture. Now we have a culture of dishonor. Now you know we got this thing going on called cancel culture. Now how stupid is that? You can't cancel your history. Cancel the history in your life. You can't cancel it. You may not be proud of it, but you can't cancel it. History is a teacher of perspective. Once I learned what I did and it wasn't right, I don't want to do that again. Amen. So now we have this cancel culture going on where people don't even know how to disagree with each other without it becoming personal. And it gets really ugly. We have now sown hostility and we have dislodged the moral bearing of an entire generation. The reason why God said to Moses, you better keep that fire burning 
because if you don't keep it burning, you're going to lose a generation. If you don't keep that fire lit, if you don't keep that fire stoked, if you don't keep that fire burning for the things of God, then evil is always prevalent and evil will overtake. We now have sown seeds into our children through education, which is really indoctrination. Amen. Which the overall agenda is ultimately is to disconnect man from God. That's the agenda. School today is not like it was when I was in school. Anybody that's probably over 40 can identify. It's not the same. It's not the same. Now we have a calculated plan in systems to indoctrinate your children on how to hate people who are not like them. And they flower it up, and they'll call it things like critical race theory. Y'all ain't got to say amen. I'm going to get about the fire burning. And, and they make it all look good on the outside. They'll call it things like the Equality Act, where, where everybody ought to be treated the same. And, and that, that's, that's a no-brainer. Well, of course you should be treated the same. There, there, there's, there, there's no, we're not putting any value about the way you are as far as the, what you believe in and how you conduct your life. We're not saying that that's right. But as far as in the eyes of God, you are an equalized human being and you deserve the right to a freedom like everybody else deserves the right to a freedom. But don't think that we're going to condone a lifestyle. Because now we got, and I'm just going to pick on it a little bit because this won't hurt you, this will hurt me. Because now we got woke pastors in pulpits who won't preach the truth. Now we got a generation being raised under indoctrination because we want people to feel good about the sin that they're in versus having the presence and the fire and the passion of the Holy Spirit to bring them out of a life that has been totally overran by darkness. So we, we, we got all this going on in our culture. We got to have people. Our society is so desperate to disconnect man from God that they don't even care how ridiculous the theory is because they have an agenda. And you cannot watch the news with all, and I don't care what news agency you are addicted to. You cannot watch the news and not look at that and say, what planet do you live on? Where in the world do you think that we believe something like that? And that's across the board. I don't, that's conservatives. That's Democrats. That's Republicans. That's across the board. We spend hundreds of millions of dollars trying to find intelligent life on another planet. And we can't even help life on this planet. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Spend hundreds of millions of dollars. And we can't even educate the ignorant life on this planet. Now, and, I, and I'm all for research, and I'm all for frontier and exploring. I'm not against all. I'm all for NASA finding something on Mars that they can say, look, it's alive. I'm not against that. But I don't care if there's a plan on Mars. But I do care if there's a culture that's going to hell in America. 
talk to me. <laughs> we have now been in America living in 245 years of freedom, which arguably, but probably the most prosperous nation on the planet. People are not leaving their country to get to this country because it's bad. But the news will tell you it's bad. Woke culture will tell you it's bad. But people are not leaving where they're from to get here because it's bad. But here we are, the most prosperous nation on the planet. But our schools are going bankrupt. Our cities, major cities in America are going bankrupt. Some of them are still on fire. While the whole time, it's like the church is losing its fire. That's why we got to have a generation that knows how to keep the fire burning. Because if we're going to have a new outpouring, somebody's got to contend for the fire of God. Somebody's got to be able to live a godly life in the midst of a heathenistic culture. Somebody's got to be able to walk down their hallways of their schools and not be bent or indoctrinated by the word. Listen, I can give you your answer. I'll, I'll, I'll put down the answer that you want, but I don't believe what I'm writing down. Come on. I, I remember when I was working through my master's degree, I, I, they, they made me read all kinds of books that theologically theologically that I did not agree with and I would put their answers down and I would put a little asterisk beside my answers and I said this is the answer that you want but I just want you to know this is not what I believe in because I believe that God is above and he's bigger than anything I'm putting down I just want you to know I'm giving your answer so I can get my A but I don't believe nothing you're talking about you got to be able to do that you got to be able to do that and I thank God I'm not throwing off on our schools because we got a lot of educators in here that love God that are pure in their hearts, and they're, they're, they're trying to protect what little bit of rights and freedom we have in classrooms. But I want to tell you something. The government's bigger than you. The government's bigger than you. So, so, so you making a protest or a boycott is not going to stop the government. But what will stop the government is a church, a remnant, pulling together and saying, we ain't going to settle for it no more. Amen. So, so the point that I'm trying to make is that these spirits, is this all right? Is everybody doing all right? The, the, the point that I'm trying to make, that these spirits that, that are against us in this generation, they're aggressive. These are aggressive spirits, and they're no longer disguising themselves or trying to hide in the shadows. I mean, these are out front, in-your-face kind of devils. I mean, when the number one song of 2020 can be WAP, I know some of you older folks don't know what that is, but just ask somebody, ask a child next to you, and they'll tell you what it is. When the number one song, and, and the author or, the, or the, the writer of that song, which is Cardi B, can get the woman of the year. I'm just trying to tell you, it's a culture that has lost its moral fabrication. It's lost its moral bearing, and I expect that from the world, but the church ought to have a fire. The church ought to be able to be right up against what the world is doing and say, we're not going to bend. We're not going to give in to it. We're not going to give license to it. We wholeheartedly stand against what is coming down the pike. 
We have to have a remnant of people who understand. Listen, I've, listen. if you've been born again, how many have been born again? How many have been born again? If you have been born again, this is the new order that John the Baptist was talking about. He said, if once you have been born again, I have baptized you under repentance. But once you've been born again, there's one who's coming after me, who's mightier than me. I am not even worthy untie his, his sandals. But he is coming, and he is coming with the Holy Ghost. He is coming with the Holy Spirit. And he is coming with fire. He is coming that's going to blow away the chaff. The fire of God is going to burn away everything that's not right because there is a remnant that's alive. Come on, if you believe that, shout yes. Come on, shout yes. That's the way it's going to work. That's the way it is. John the Baptist was trying to say, I've got a new order that's coming, and it's coming, and it's coming behind me. I am just a way maker. I am just providing a way. I am one crying in the middle of a dark wilderness, but there's one coming after me who is powerful, who is mighty, and he will shape the current trends of the culture because we got some fire. Woo. I don't know. I, I, I I, just excuse me. This is the way I live. All right, I'm just on fire. I stay. On, I think. I, th I think I stay lit. <laughs> I live in the same city you do. I drive the same streets you drive. I walk in the same places of business you walk into. And I want to tell you something. I ain't moved by people's attitudes. I ain't moved by that road there. I, I, don't, I ain't moved by none of that because I know the greater one lives on the inside of me. And now that I have been born again, I have been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. It's not that I'm better than them, but I've got an answer for them. Come on, push on somebody and tell them keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire. Keep the fire burning. We don't need any loosey-goosey Christians walking around trying to put one foot in heaven and one foot in the world. We don't need to try to find some uh, Christians that are just trying to straddle the fence. Well, I hope I make it. No, you need to come out of the soulish realm, and you need to get into the realm of the spirit. You need to come out of the physical realm, and you need to come up higher. That's what John said. You got to come up higher. After these, I will show you things, but you got to get into the realm of the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said, why is he hollering? That's just the way I am. My microphone don't ever seem loud enough. <laughs> and I know it is. Chuck, don't touch it. Dakota, <laughs> leave it. <laughs> because I'll give you some of you. <laughs> These spirits are aggressive. And the church can't just sit back there and just wink at it. Oh, that's nice. No, it ain't nice. It's evil, and it's coming after you, your children, and your grandchildren, and it won't stop until it flips the whole world upside down. Amen. We have a generation that's now coming to church, and I thank God it's not like this church. I mean, our church is so extra. <laughs> our church is extra. I get it, and you know what? That's intentional, too. I refuse to be like any other church in our city. I refuse to have a service like any other church in our city. I refuse to sing the same songs. Any, I, I refuse to be like, God didn't call me to be like them. If he did, I'd be over there. Amen. Don't amen. Don't, don't look at me with them eyes like, God, you'd be over there too, but God called you here. That's why you're here. Somebody said to me years ago, said, you, just act, you, act like, you act like you're just half cocked all the time. I said, well, you are too. You keep coming. 
There's something about you that ain't right too. <laughs> we got a generation now that's, again, this ain't, not, this, ain't this house. Because some of y'all think we stay here forever. But we got a generation that's coming that says, see how fast you can get us in? So we can get out. Because after all, I'm busy. <laughs> that's why you got a weak fire. why your fire is probably down to a bunch of coals and you need a fresh wind to blow across them coals to stir that thing up again there's people that come here they like what they get they just don't overdo it <laughs> and we're talking in that that tongue Talking in that. I remember the first time my mama took me to a Pentecostal service. I remember the first time I was just a little boy, probably 10, somewhere, maybe a little younger. And I heard somebody praying in tongues. I said, Oh, they got Spanish in here. <laughs> I mean, they were just going. I mean, going. I thought, Mom, we in the Spanish church. You ever want, I, some of y'all look so innocent. You ever said anything, some, somebody starts speaking tongues, you're like, what? <laughs> People like what they get, while at the same time, if they're not careful, they stay in here. That's all right, that's our baby right there. She's all right. Come on, just say praise the Lord. We thank God. God's work. She loves to be in church. That don't bother me. Don't let it bother you. That, that's our baby right there. That's our baby right there. That's it. That's it. We just believe in God. You watch healing start flowing in this house for long. You watch. Autism, cerebral palsy. We're just going to take care of it all. I ain't playing with you. I'm telling you, there's some fire in this house. And it's about to burn brighter and brighter and brighter because we're not just going to sit back and say, well, that's just the way it's got to be. No, we believe we've been anointed for this generation. We believe we've been called to this generation. And we are coming with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are. 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 People come here, they like what they get, they just don't want to overdo it, while at the same time they'll spend hours. What'd you say, hula? Is that a Netflix? Hula hoop? I don't even know this stuff. I have to go to Pastor Corey and all these guys, what, what is this? I have to go to, to, to Portland, what does that mean? I don't know, I don't even understand the language. Spend hours. I bet if we, I don't know how to do it, I'm going to butcher it, but if we checked your social media page where they tell you how many hours you were on social media, oh, it, it records it. It record, It's there. It's there. If we checked your hours, how long you were just surfing, scrolling, what do you call it? Scrolling, surfing, looking, invading. If we just checked that, I bet you there's more hours in that than there is the word. But yet, we don't have a problem with that. I bet you, listen, I, my, 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 my grandkids are playing some baseball, Landon and Addison, and so we're going out there to watch them 
a couple times a week late in the afternoons, and I'm walking on that baseball field all around there. There's got to be 2,000 people a day out there just out there playing ball, and I'm walking around thinking, my Lord, and people will stand there. They'll stand there, and they'll cheer a little 12-year-old or a 10-year-old, and they'll cheer like they're about to go horse. You ever had them mama baseball players that... Pick your shoulder up, pick your shoulder up, pick your back. You, know, you just you can hear it screaming. I talk, I know all the umpires and I talk to them and say, boy, if you want to find out how tough you are, put on an ump suit and get behind them and watch them and just let everybody pick on you. And I'm watching all this and I'm saying, man, if the church would get that lit, if the church would get that vocal, if the church would get that determined. Yeah. I'm telling you, the power of God would invade a glazed region like we have never known before. And I just, I'm excited because I believe we are well on our journey. Way too long, many churches in America, they've been, now let me just, i got to hurry, like 10 minutes left. We've been steeped in, and I'm not even to my point yet, but praise the Lord. We've been steeped in a culture of powerlessness. Come on, let's be honest. It's a, it's, a, it's a culture of powerlessness. I'm talking about the church. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a compromise. We've compromised the very foundations of the tenets of the faith, the doctrines of the faith that we put our foot down on and we believe in. And we've compromised it and we've excused it off because we don't see it. And the reason why we don't see it today like I did in my day when I was coming up is because we've lost the ability to contend for it. So they got all these stats. That's why they said it's not going to last past the end of this century. Won't be nobody left to carry the flame. Won't be nobody left to carry the torch. Because the influence of the world will be so monumental in them that church will just be a byproduct of it. Let me tell you something. Nobody thought it would last when Jesus was crucified. Hitler thought that the Third Reich would live a thousand years. Hitler didn't last another thousand days. Because you can't stop this movement. So, so, so we, we've been steeped in this powerlessness, if you want to call it that, this compromise to the point that we have marginalized. So they have marginalized themselves and they have lost touch within society. I used, to, I used to do it like this. This is the way I used to think. I used to think that the church had to keep it calm, keep it tame, because we don't want to scare nobody off. And then about 10 years ago, I got a revelation. You can't scare this bunch off. You can't scare this generation off. They're watching movies that are demonically inspired. There are Hollywood directors who have sold their soul to Satan. And if I had time, I'd start listening so you quit watching movies. You come out of your scary movies and scary books. And, and, and they, have, they, 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 have, they have induced a generation with demonic influence to the point that they call that normal. So now it's normal in our society to be that scared. I mean, you, I'm, I'm just trying to help somebody understand. You cannot take some of these movies that they have made 
and they have used the most demonically inspired directors and actors who have sold their soul to the devil, public information, sold their soul to the devil, and they make these movies, and sometimes you think that's just uh, the, the camera angle or whatever. No, some of that is real demonic manifestations that they are capturing on camera. And you are watching it, and it is feeding you. And you paid to be scared. And you're going to come up in here to this church service, and you're going to act like me, me, this little 5'11", 195-pounder. That's a joke. <laughs> That's my projection. <laughs> I'm speaking in faith. And I'm going to scare you. You've got to be out of your mind. So I used to say, well, we got to keep it calm. we got to keep it tame. No, we need to let the Holy Ghost out of the bag. We need to let the Holy Ghost out of the closet. We need to let the Holy Ghost out of the vessel. And we need to let the fire of God move through a chair, move down an aisle, come across an altar, fly down an aisle so that the power of God can begin to hit people so that there is the evidence that we have been baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you believe that, shout yes. yes. Come on, shout yes. yes. It's the way it is. It's the way it's got to be. So let me give you this last thing because we're going to have to go. I know, my Jesus, help us, Holy Ghost. We, we, the, the overall church has been locked in this traditional mindset. And, and, and we lost what I believe is the power of relevance. 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 something the same as heaven. We've lost it. And so now we have, watch, I'm not picking on you, I'm picking on preachers. Now we have preachers apologizing for moves of God and trying to explain it from a logical standpoint. And it's not logical, it's not natural, it's supernatural. And when you get a church that comes out of the fleshly realm, comes out of the soulless realm, and begins to get into the spiritual realm, they go, oh, I understand that. That makes sense. Because once your spirit hears truth, it don't have to hear it again. It recognizes it the first time. Come on, if you believe that, shout yes. Did you hear what I just said? When your spirit, your born-again spirit, when it hears truth, it knows truth the first time. You don't have to convince your spirit that that ain't true. When you start living in the realm of the Spirit, you'll know when it ain't the Spirit. You'll know when it ain't God. And you'll know when it's a lie. That's why when you watch the news, your spirit will be saying, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. Let me break it on down. You start walking, you start feeling sick or whatever. You know, your spirit will say, that's a lie, that's a lie. I've been the healed of the Lord. Amen. So let me just, I want to give you this last thing real here. Real quick, so if we're not careful, we'll start losing our relevance and we'll start supporting a faulty theology and doctrine that strips us of our very spiritual authority. It strips us of that. I had a guy years ago say something to me about services and I go, 
because I've never seen that like that. I don't think that's God. How'd you find it in the Bible? You can read it in the Bible where Jesus laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Well, I believe miracles died out with the apostles. Well, miracles were happening after they were dead. But we, we, we build these faulty doctrines on our own experiences. And because our experiences doesn't line up with the word, we try to reduce the word to our experiences rather than elevating our experiences to match the word. Amen. So let me, let me just give you this last thing, and our worship team is going to close this out. They're, they're getting ready to come. They're going to walk right over here to this side of the building. They're going to close that door right there, and they're going to get up on the stage. And everybody's going to know what they're doing. Thank you, guys. Y'all, I'm telling you, you got, these guys are like the awesome, I mean, these guys are amazing. So, so this is where we're at because I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to preface, everybody wants revival, but nobody wants to pay the price. Somebody's got to keep a fire burning. Somebody's got to know how to pull God into their day, pull God into their moment. Because now we're seeing the first fruits of a generation raised in what I'm just calling convenient church. <laughs> That's produced by a consumer market mentality. Can I just say this? Jesus never taught salvation without discipleship. Disciple means learner. Medea called them the disciplined ones. <laughs> the 12 disciplines. <laughs> That's what it is. Someone who has disciplined their life to follow on to know the Lord. That's what a disciple is. He never taught salvation without commitment. How many would just agree with me right now as we get ready to close that out of all the church services that we have done, and let's just say you've been here for 30 years. The Harvest Church is 30 years old, 31 this year. You've been here since the very beginning. How many, how many have just said, man, we have had some church services up in this house? How many would admit maybe you've been here for the last, let's say, last 15 years? said, man, we have had some church services up in this house. How many were just like, yeah? How many been here for like, let's just say the last five years. Say, whoo, boy, we have had some church services. I mean, having all these good church services, if that would save the world, if that would save the Glades region, they'd have done been saved. They'd have done been, if good church services was the answer. But that's not the answer. It's a vehicle. To the answer. That's right. That's right. Some of the greatest voices, not only in America, but in the world, have stood right here behind this pulpit. I mean, some of the greatest orators, some of the greatest revelators, some of the greatest preachers, our bishop was one of them, who stood behind this pulpit for 10 solid years preaching yeah. the gospel. Yeah. You ain't going to find a better communicator or orator of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If, how many know that if those voices could not save the region? But let me tell you what will save the region. 
when you have a fired up church that knows how to keep the fire burning when we walk out of those doors and we walk into the highways into the byways and we walk into Walmart and we walk into CVS and we walk into U.S. Sugar and we walk into places where we work when we walk down the hallways of our school and people look at us and we are like fire. We are like fire. There's a Holy Ghost fire that cannot be quenched. That's what's going to turn a city upside down. That's what's going to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Woo. And that's what, that, I'm just saying, and I didn't get to where, because I was going to tell you what it meant to keep the fire burning. I was going to tell you how it, it got handled with, with Aaron and his sons. And that, we'll just work on that next week. I may be back next week for part whatever. Huh? Bring your little fan, because it's going to get hot up in here next week. There's going to be some fire burning up in here next week. I want to give you this. This is why, this is why, this is why I want to end. Dale Partridge, this guy right here, he's, this, he said that this will be on the screen, guys. Help me out. Yeah, there you go. He said, thousands of Christians are capitulating. That means they're surrendering to the culture because they are like children unable to wield the sword of Scripture. Maybe now, this is what, this is what he was saying, maybe now pastors, talking about me, will finally see that while a TED Talk style sermon sprinkled with scripture may produce and entertain a crowd, it produces weak, untrained, and vulnerable sheep. That's what it produces. So you, you know why we do it like what we do it up in here? Because I don't want you to walk out of here and get beat up by a devil that's already been defeated. I don't want you to walk up out here and lose your power because the enemy's kind of raging all this war against you. No, that's why we don't get little TED Talks, little 20-minute 20, 20 sermonettes. We come up in here with the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, unto deliverance, unto breakthrough. That's why we do what we do. Come on, push on somebody and tell them keep the fire burning. Come on, tell them, keep the fire burning. Come on, come on, you, you ain't helping me. Find two or three people and tell them, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Keep it burning. Keep it burning. Keep it burning in your life. Keep it burning in your marriage. Keep it burning in your children. Keep it burning. Keep it burning, burning. Amen. So we're we working on it. Because I just, I feel it. I feel it down to the bone. I feel this. We're about to see it manifest exponentially. I was in the fire services long enough to understand that when something caught on fire, I remember when the old Sunnies used to be right there. Remember when the old Sunnies used to be there? I was on the fire department then when the old Sunnies caught on fire. And, and I was the pastor here too. Karen and I were pastoring here. When, and I was actually opening the gym that day. And when the fire alarm went off, we had our little pages when it went off. It said it's the Sunny's restaurant on fire. I went, oh, Lord. That's like 10 feet away from the church. Because I understood fire theology. I understood it. Flames didn't have to start here for this to be burning. 
It just had to be in proximity to something that was hot. You can ask my wife and my daughters. They came and made fun of me, but I jumped in my red truck that Donald Williams, his dad, Donald had a truck that his dad gave him, and Donald gave it to me as a gift, a red Ford pickup truck. Remember that truck, Donald? I jumped in my red Ford pickup truck at the gym, bypassed the fire station. I ain't got time to grab my bunker gear. The church is about to catch on fire. And I ran up here, and I, I, I was calling somebody on the phone. It might have been Chad. Or I don't know who it was. I said, listen, when you get to the station, bring my bunker gear. I'll meet y'all at Sonny's. And when I got there, the first truck was already arriving. I jumped out of my truck, ran to the fire truck, grabbed the hose, and I got in between Sonny's and New Harvest Church, and I began to wet Sonny's because I knew that if that fire got hot enough, it didn't have to have fire over here, but what was over there was going to be burning over here eventually. I'm just trying to tell you, if you get lit, if you get hot enough, if you get on fire, everybody around you, everybody around you will catch on fire. That's the power of it. Come on, if you believe that, give God a praise one time. Come on, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Woo. Can you imagine? Can you imagine you coming into church on a Sunday morning? Just maybe you don't know, maybe you do, and say, listen, just I feel a little hot today. I just might ignite all over this chair today. And if you don't want to catch on fire, you might want to find you a social distance safe place because I'm about to release something more powerful than Corona. I'm about to release something more powerful than COVID-19. What I'm about to put out, it's about to be so hot, so powerful that nobody can deny it. That's where we're going. Come on, lift your hands all over the building. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Now just lift every hand over the building and just begin to lift that hand and lift that voice and just begin to pray it out. We're thanking God for the fire. Come on, just begin in concert all over this building. Lord, we thank you this morning for the fire and the presence of the burning, blazing, moving of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, maybe just take a 30-second prayer and pray it over your own life and say, God, I thank you. I thank you that fire is being stirred up on the inside of me today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that I'm never going to be the same. Lord, I'm never going to reduce the glory the glory of God, the fire of God, down to just a feeling. I'm not going to reduce it down to a circumstance, but I'm going to keep it burning. I'm going to keep it burning on the altar of my own heart. I'm going to keep it lit on the altar of my heart. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just one more time. I want you to raise your voice. Come on, I believe there's a baptism of fire. There's a baptism of fire that can come upon God's people. There's a stirring. There's a fresh. There's an, a new. It's a new order. Lord, we're living in a new order. We're living under the new mandate. Hallelujah. There's one who's mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not able to loose, and he will baptize you. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah. Fresh fire. Fresh fire over your life. Fresh fire over your family. Fresh fire. Burn, Holy Ghost. Burn, powerful. Burn and blaze. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, how many believe we can just be keepers of the flame? We can be keepers of the flame. Or keepers of the flame. Amen. I just want to encourage you with that. You're keepers of the flame. Because when you walk out of here, you walk into enemy held territory. He's off limits up in here. I don't have no jurisdiction authority out there, but I got it up in here. And when you walk out there, every place that the soles of your foot tread, that becomes your jurisdictional authority. And when you walk out here, the enemy's going to hit you. He's going to hit you on Monday, Tuesday. He's going to throw all kinds of things at you. He's going to work against you. He's going to come at every angle. He's going to take everything that's ever tripped you up. He's going to take every lie that's ever been fed to you. He's going to make it all seem like it's always going to be that way. He's going to try to keep you in that cycle, that wilderness. But you got to know there's a voice speaking in the middle of your wilderness. And that voice is saying, keep the fire burning. That voice is saying, keep the fire lit. So when you walk up out of here, we walk into the places where we have been given authority and we uproot the powers of hell until breakthrough begins to happen. It's the theology of fire. You stay hot long enough, anything next to you catches it. It's the way it works. It's the way it works. Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you today, Lord, for divine presence. Lord, I know there's people, even now, that's under the sound of my voice, people that are sitting in here and those that are watching online. And, Lord, there's a battle going on. There's an intensity of the spirit realm fighting over their own deliverance. But Lord, I thank you today that fire is being stirred. 
Holy Ghost presence is being ignited. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in their life. Thank you for what you're going to do in their journey. Their best days are yet to be seen. Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and the praise for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen. Will you just high-five about three people on your way out and tell them we're going to keep it lit now. We're